0: The pessimist complains about the wind, okay?
1: I hate the wind.
0: I hate the winds. right? It's blowing in my face. <laughs> exactly. The optimist expects it to change. Like, oh, this wind will stop. And then the realist adjusts the sails. Ooh. Hey, everyone. My name is Al Gugliata. And I want to welcome you to The Unlearning Project. Hey, Virginia.
1: Hey, Al.
0: We have optimism (laughs) versus realism today. Nice. And we were saying that, you know, the obvious ones, the optimism versus pessimism, right? Yeah. We all know optimists. We all know pessimists.
1: So hold on. But which are you? What do you think?
0: I'm biased because I'm talking about myself, but I would (laughs) consider myself a realist. Okay. And I'm a pessimist in a lot of ways. My thought patterns go towards pessimism, Mm -hmm. but I catch them, especially when it comes to business or finance. (laughs) I shouldn't say this. I'm a financial advisor. I'm pessimistic. (laughs) I'm always looking at what can go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to finance, it's more of like a, just a, survival technique or a survival strategy. So my mind's always like, all right, what's going to go wrong with the market? What's going to go wrong with...
1: Is it like the cautious, like, let me be aware of the potential downfalls so that I can put things in place that would kind of mitigate the risk? Or is it like...
0: Yeah, you could never speak confidently about something that's so volatile and that's unpredictable. So like when I'm talking to clients they're looking for answers and I'm always giving hedges and caveats to everything I say, you know, like past performance isn't, you know, indicative of future results. Like I, not that I ever say that, but that's written on everybody's statements. Oh yeah. So you have to like, Al, where do you think the market's going this year? You know, you think I should take my distribution out now? Or should I wait until the market's higher later in the year? And I'm immediate, like, you don't know, what if the market's down later in the year? Yeah. I'm never giving like a, um, a definitive answer, which is what people want. right? So I feel like I'm always not backpedaling, but just couching everything and like, I'm not sure. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody really knows.
1: Yeah. Just that realist perspective, but with that almost like, like you said, like pessimistic slant, but that pessimism is Kind of where that realism is. It's like it could not be up this year. Like, what if the market tanks? Like, nobody knows.
0: But people talk very confidently about no, like thinking they know. Oh, yeah. About what the market's going to do. Oh, the markets look great. You know, they'll give all of these reasons, like the new administration that's in place and inflation's not a real thing and the Fed's going (laughs) to taper and then they're going to raise rates at a certain clip. I'm like, None of that means anything. Like you have no clue what's going to happen.
1: It's this complicated machine that we just have to like let whoever pull the levers and then see what happens.
0: Yeah. Like thousands of variables, just all kind of combined into like this crazy algorithm that you'd never figure out in a million years. But they get paid. The people on TV, the people in media get paid to have an opinion. Oh, yeah. You can't go on there and say like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) even then on those like opinion pieces, same thing at the bottom, there's always these disclosures about <laughs> like, this isn't financial advice. This isn't don't take action based on what you've heard here. Right. But what do you think people do? They go, Oh, that's my stock pick, you know, or whatever. And they go and the
0: cryptocurrency thing, right? Yes. <laughs> the, 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 like, they have Matt Damon now doing a cryptocurrency commercial saying, you know, the future is for the bold. I'm like, Basically, you're telling people that like they have to be bold and get into cryptocurrencies in order to make money. I mean, they don't say it that way, but they're kind of saying that.
1: Yeah. Like this would be the bold move. This is what you should do if you're like Whoa. not a wimp.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, literally, cryptos have got cut in half within a few weeks span. They might be a great investment long term. I don't know. But I'm the first one to say, I don't know. Yeah. But you can't not have an opinion. People want your opinion, whether right or wrong. You got to be like confident about it's going down. It's going up. Can't throw your hands up in the air.
1: Right. So what about like in life, you know, just normal life, like not finances, just Hmm. whether that be relationships or health or whatever other pillar of life? Like, do you think you're kind of the same, like more pessimistic and realist? Or is there anywhere where you're an optimist?
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm definitely an optimist on like the future and like mm-hmm. just the adventures of life coming up and like just kind of looking forward to things and...
1: Yeah, like fun travel, vacations. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this before. I guess in some weird ways, like leading up to the vacation or whatever, or travel, it's stressful and my mind's like, I'm going to forget something. And... But the actual vacation itself always winds up being great. Like, it's just the lead up. I don't know if that's a pessimism, optimism thing. That's more of a...
1: That might be just realism. Like, I have to get shit done before I leave town.
0: I got to get my ducks in a row. Right. And I don't want to leave any stone unturned before I leave because I can't do anything about it once I leave. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm optimistic towards life in general. Finance is tough. I'm always kind of... Yeah. Realist. I don't think pessimistic. Mm -hmm. I think the pessimism comes from being in my job
2: Mm -hmm. and I'm
0: constantly having to tell people that I don't know. What if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go? You know, I have to like literally give them the realism, which is leaning toward pessimism, but it's not, it really is a realistic thing. This could realistically happen. Yeah. You can lose money. Al, how do I triple my money in the next year? Really? You want to know how to triple your money? Okay, here's an investment (laughs) that... the
1: riskiest investment out there because...
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) That's the only thing.
0: Let's do a high-tech, freaking small cap fund that just deals with these fly-by-night companies that one could take off and, you know, 100 times the value. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could lose all your money. Right. (laughs) Wait, wait. You told me I could triple my... Yeah. Well, what do you think? You think anybody can... It's funny. We talked about this on that coffee talk with Antonio where I was saying that everybody's aggressive when things are going up. Oh, yeah. And everybody's conservative when things are going down. Oh, yeah. So I think everybody's optimistic when good times are rolling, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think a lot of people turn pessimistic or at least definitely realistic when this whole COVID thing happens. It was like a reality check. It was like, oh, life isn't always just peaches and cream and like shit happens. And we got to like freaking deal with it.
1: Well, and I think like not just the stock market investment picture, but also like look at real estate right now.
0: Real estate's another one.
1: I don't know. There's two buckets, right? Like there's the skeptics and then the optimists. Yes. Because people are just like, no, it's like sailing up. It's going to keep going, you know, just whatever. At this rate, we'll be at such and such million dollars, you know, in value (laughs) by this year or whatever. And then you've got the other people that are like this is insane. This is insane. ridiculous. Like, how is my house worth this much? Or how is this contract going for this much over, you know, the list price? And right. it's funny, but you know, I clearly remember during like the 08, portion of life, mm-hmm. I mean, there was tons of pessimism going on yeah. because the value had just plummeted across the US, you know, across the world.
0: Do you think it feels the same now as like, 08? Oh, like, do you remember?
1: I don't remember what I thought about real estate before that happened. We owned a home. I've shared with you before, I remember thinking like, these people are crazy. They want to loan us like you know, <laughs> $350,000, which was a huge number to like 21 year old couple. Oh, yeah. And we were just like, that's crazy. And we bought a house that was less than half of that. So, a very affordable mortgage payment and all of that. I mean, other than those couple of decisions that were smart <laughs> as like 21 year olds, I don't remember having a real opinion about the value of real estate back then. Mm. But then when 08 and 09 happened, it was like, kind of this big trigger for me to start paying attention. And yeah. we sold that house in 09 and did not make money off of it. Kind of broke even barely, maybe.
0: Got out even. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: That's good. <laughs> Better than losing.
1: <laughs> Back then, early 20s. I don't know that you have an opinion about the values or if you do not a valid one.
0: Yeah. And a different outlook on life. Yeah. Total. It's 14 years ago, right? So that's a long time ago.
1: I guess with more mature eyes right now, I'm looking around going, this is crazy.
0: I am too. And I like, I have my finger on the pulse of it because I've been actively looking for a house for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. And the things I was looking at two years ago that I thought were like outrageously expensive mm. now seem completely cheap to me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So you see yes. a house, let's just throw it, a, it doesn't matter what the numbers are. Half a million dollar house you're looking at. Just two years ago, I was looking at like a house. Let's say it's a half a million bucks. I'm like, oh, they want too much for this house.
1: Right. It's not worth that. (laughs) That
0: same house today is going for 700. And I'm like, oh man, you know, 700 is way too much. 500 seems like a steal. Yes. And just like in such a short period of time, like, I don't know, your judgments.
1: Your perspective shift.
0: Perspective changes. Literally the numbers, you're like, something that seems very expensive seems so inexpensive at this point. -hmm. At least here in Charlotte, it's outrageous. Yeah. It just keeps going up. And people just, they are throwing their houses on the market and like they don't even have pictures up. Yeah. Or they have like pictures from their iPhone.
1: Yeah. And it still sells within three days, like done, like over list price.
0: Multiple offers. And they always do coming soon. Nobody just puts it up. They put coming soon. So they try to get like a little bit of, you know, Uh what do you call it? Like PR or like uh, buzz.
1: Yeah, get the buzz going. Get the
0: buzz going. And then by the time they go live, it's like everybody—it's like a feeding frenzy.
1: I was laughing at one of my real estate friends messaged me like, you won't believe how much this house in our neighborhood sold for. Mm-hmm. And of course, I look it up. It's like a thousand square feet bigger than my home, which my home is a big house. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe the numbers. And so then I'm like, oh what do they have mine at? You know, I'm just looking at Zillow or whatever, which is a complete estimate. Like it's Mm -hmm. not even real.
0: A Zestimate. But
1: yeah, (laughs) (laughs) even then now my home is showing like a hundred thousand dollars more than what I remember it was six months, a year ago. And I thought that number was crazy.
0: (laughs) I know this is what's freaking me out. This is stupid. But then you get into that. What is it? The FOMO thing? The you're missing out, especially oh. if you're in the market for looking for a house, you're like, if I keep waiting, it's just going to keep going up and I'm going to pay more. Mm. That's a bad place to be because then you're like...
1: And it's not true. It's not true. There's always a correction. We have no <laughs> idea how long you'll have to wait. You think so? Yeah. I mean, maybe not to like pre-pandemic prices, right. but there's always a correction. It's just like stocks. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's just this such low inventory, at least here. Yes. There's just no no supply and tons of demands.
1: And I think that's what's driving it is the demand. And so many people tried to hurry up and just buy a home in 2020, just so they could have space for basically the pandemic, just for the lockdown. Right. And then quickly discovered there's not enough space.
0: And we start flip-flopping on the optimism, pessimism, realist thing on all of this because... Some days I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I got to just buy a house and pay over asking because you know what? Three years from now, it's going to be even more than what it is. you know, I get into that vibe. Yeah. And then like, literally like my thoughts change so quickly. Like the next day I'll be like, this is bullshit. It's a bubble. I'm not buying anything. I'm going to sell what I'm living in now and just live in an apartment and wait for the market to correct. Right. Again, I don't know, but it's weird how like you get, convinced you know or
1: it's all relative right like every thought of yours is based on those surrounding facts or thoughts
0: and moods if you didn't sleep well i'm more pessimistic yeah i don't know like if you don't feel good
1: i was joking with a friend i was like we should just all sell our homes and go and like retire in vietnam (laughs) (laughs)
0: that would be amazing
1: we could just like Have servants and everything. Like, yeah, you could live like a queen or king, you know, just
0: that's like that. uh, What do they call it? (laughs) Geographic arbitrage. Yeah. That's like the retire early community does that kind of stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. It's funny.
0: But we have kids.
1: I know. I can't. I would not be able to bring myself to pull my kids out of school and all that. So.
0: But if you were retired and the kids were grown, would you do it?
1: Oh, I might. I don't know.
0: I mean, it wouldn't be permanent. It would
1: still be like an extremely adventurous move for me.
0: Yeah. Vietnam's that's a... I mean, especially (laughs) if you've never been there before, which I haven't. I haven't. That seems like a pretty big... (laughs) Uh,
1: I know another podcaster there, so I could just like send him an email.
0: (laughs) I could like wrap my head around like Mexico or Costa Rica or something. That's a little more... I'm going
1: for like cost of living.
0: Yeah, it would be cheaper there. That's Uh the cheapest place to go, right? Southeast Asia? Yeah. True.
1: Anyway, okay. So tell me about optimism. Let's start there.
0: Well, I found a cool quote about all three that kind of puts it in perspective. So the pessimist complains about the wind. Okay.
1: I hate the wind.
0: I hate the <laughs> winds. Right, it's blowing in my face. Exactly. The optimist expects it to change. Like, oh, this they will stop, and then the realist adjusts the sails. Ooh, kind of like a sailing kind of reference, right? So, if you're a pessimist, you just complain, right? <laughs> if you're an optimist, you just throw your hands up and you're like, things are going to get better. You know, this is going to be great. And then the realist is like, oh, we got to actually do something. That's kind of a cool way of thinking of it, right?
1: That is making me think that I'm like more of a realist than what I thought. Because I thought I was more like an optimist, but with like a realistic twist. Yeah. But the big thing that I am repeating, I swear, every day, five times a day is like to the husband, to the friends, to whatever, like, okay, I heard you, but how can you solve your problem?
2: Mm.
1: Like, let's think about solutions. What can you do? Like, how do you solve your problem? Even to the kids, sometimes I'm not like as nice. I'm just (laughs) kind of put my hands on the hips and go, well, you're
0: getting complainy."
1: How can you solve your problem? (coughs) Stop telling me about it and just fix it. Like, do you not have the power to fix it? Okay, then maybe I can help you. But figure it out.
0: Right. (laughs) It's frustrating for people like us. I think I'm the same way. I can't listen to. Because I think I hear myself complain sometimes internally and I'm like, you know, and then when I hear it externally a lot, or if it's constant, then it like gets under my skin very easily. But this is funny. So you said you're more of like a realist, but check this out. I think this is the best balance of all of these is like, yeah, there's a quote that says success is found balance between optimism and realism, where it is unhindered by the weight of pessimism. So you're like basically balanced between thinking things are like hunky-dory and like rainbows and smiles all the time. Things are going to be great. Mm -hmm. Balanced a little bit with let's be realistic and let's start doing things to progress toward that. That kind of mentality puts pessimism like away, like puts it on the side.
1: Interesting. I
0: thought that was kind of cool. Like, cause I think realism is just, it's leaning towards pessimism.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah, I definitely thought I was like, I'm an optimist. I generally think, you know, the sun's going to shine tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Things have a way of working out. Right. In general, a positive disposition.
0: When do you turn pessimistic? Everybody's got it at some point, right?
1: Yeah. Like you said, you're kind of complaining to yourself and you hear it. Yeah. When I get there, I'm kind of like, all right, you're in a bad mood. You didn't sleep well. Mm -hmm. I start to kind of figure out like why I'm there. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like a few things in a row have bothered me or gone wrong or bigger problems than what I feel that I can solve today.
0: Do you have a real life example that you could think of like recently?
1: Like if something, you know, let's say the heater quit working. Mm -hmm. And then when the kids come home, Somebody had a bad day or didn't sleep well last night or whatever. So they're fussy and whiny and kind of clingy. Yeah. And then I have deadlines and I'm like, I can't freaking deal with all this. Like, Ugh.
0: yeah, that's three <laughs> things. It's interesting you mentioned three because I feel the same three for whatever reason. Yeah. And the three you just mentioned, I already felt like <laughs> it kind of coming up in me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ugh. And-
1: it's that compounding, like pile on effect. You can handle one, you can probably handle two, even in the same day. And then the other piece of that is like, if those things happened and I have deadlines, I yeah. feel like those things are preventing me from doing my work.
0: Does that bring stress up?
1: Yeah. When I feel like I'm being held back from something mm-hmm. that would really get to me. And even in that scenario, I'm not sure like how I would even handle it. Cause it's like too much. <laughs>
0: Right. So heater, kids, didn't sleep well, deadlines, those three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just piling on.
0: Again, generally speaking, how do you turn it from... Obviously, you're good at going from that state, realizing it, and then just being like, all right, do I do a to-do list? Let me call some heating companies.
1: Yeah. Problem solve.
0: Start checking off the boxes, right?
1: Yeah. Even though things happen to like, say, just in that order... Obviously, if my kid's in front of me crying, like I would have to deal with that first and kind of get them stabilized.
0: Yeah, triage. triage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let me stabilize this child's emotions, figure out what's going on, email the teacher. I like, I don't know, whatever that would do, whether that was a nap, you know, snack, hugs, I don't know. Yeah. Figure that out. Then I think I would immediately turn to the internet, find a heating company. Yep make that call because in my head I'm also going okay finding a heating company and making that phone call and getting on their schedule probably takes 5 minutes right so let me just take care of that quickly so that
0: and get it out of your mind so that you can clear it for your deadlines right
1: yes cuz if i put a 5 minute thing on hold and it's just out there just pending uh, it's going to drive me even more crazy.
0: You're just going to constantly think about it, right? It's going to come back into your head a million times over. Yes.
1: So part of when I'm prioritizing things is always like, well, how long does this task take? I'll try to knock out the fast ones. Yeah. And then, of course, I'd probably make the decision to like order dinner so that I could work late <laughs> and just like try to figure out how I could meet some deadlines at least. And there again, prioritize like, all right, which ones have to be done tonight versus which ones I can do maybe in the morning or maybe somebody won't notice because it was my deadline instead of their show deadline. Something like Mm -hmm.
0: that. You ever think like, I know the solution to this. Mm -hmm. You could throw out three of any problem, right? Yes. But I know the solution from a thought perspective, not mindfulness, but just from like a mental perspective.
1: Just like tactical like you know what you would have to do to solve it
0: you do but if your mentality was more that life is just one non-stop problem to solve like you're just you're a problem-solving machine mm-hmm. that's what you do
2: mm-hmm. if you're
0: hungry that's not a problem but these are things that you're yeah. hungry you get something to eat something needs to be fixed you fix it you get a mm-hmm. flat tire you change the tire mm-hmm. you know you're out of shape you get in shape it's like you're doing all these like problem solving tasks. And I think our expectations, for whatever reason, I think we live like a very, like you always say, like, I'm a white woman in Texas. I got no problems. (laughs) Like we get in these mindsets of like, we almost think that life is like so easy Mm. or should be so easy. Like it should be just like, you know, everything should go the way it's supposed to go. And I work. And then at the end of work, I have nice dinner. And like, we don't kind of factor in the problems that arise, just everyday stuff. And then when they do at least I'll speak for myself, like I overreact. Yeah. Like, why would you overreact to like the heater going or like, you know, anything like your toilet overflowed or what? I mean, it sucks. Yeah. In the moment. So I always think of expectations. Like if you have the expectation that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and a lot of things can go wrong and I'm going to deal with them.
1: Right. All right,
0: let's go. But I don't do this. Don't get me wrong. I know the solution. It's very (laughs) easy to say that from a mental perspective that, If this is the way I thought in those moments, it would go a lot easier. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to work out practically, but it's something to think about.
1: I think you're right. Because in general, I do expect to like, wake up, let the dogs out, get the kids to school, come back, work, knock off things off my to-do list.
0: Yeah. None of the dogs have throwing up or have diarrhea. You don't think about that, (laughs) right? right? Or like... (laughs) Again, like just these little things, like you know, three of those throws a little bit of a wrench in your day because you expected it to go smooth. Right. And now everything's a freaking hassle.
1: Okay. So perfect example. Okay. (laughs) So like this happened and you can witness this. My calendar scheduler thing, it worked great for like years, like literally two years. I've gotten compliments on how smooth the process is to book a call with me.
0: I was going to say, when you called me or you emailed me, mine were on my calendar. I was like, how do you not have them? And I have them.
1: Mine are gone. Crazy. Like anybody who's booked an appointment with me is gone.
0: Wow. So
1: I had to email you because I'm like, I'm pretty sure we had an appointment today. I don't know what happened.
0: I mean, I'm even getting like the text notifications. You got everything going. Yeah. I get a text saying that the appointment's coming up. I get an email reminder. Like I have all this stuff from you.
1: Perfect. (laughs) 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 Well... I don't know what happened on my end as far as that goes, because I did not turn off anything. I did not click any like I haven't done anything Yeah, with my calendar, with Google Calendar, with that program, nothing. However, what was it last week that company emailed me and said, oh, we're adjusting our price tiers, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I was like, OK, so that's fine. I get that. Yeah. You click in it, you start setting stuff up, and they want me to pay what I feel is too much for the features that I had for free previously before. Oh. So I'm like, okay, fine. Solve my problems, right? I go on, I do some research, I set up a new one, you know, click and put in the link to all my buttons on my website, update everything. But I did not delete... The previous appointments from my old one because in my brain, strategically, you're like, all right, let those appointments yeah. fizzle out and people are gonna start booking appointments with this new one. Right. Well, guess what? The new one doesn't even freaking <laughs> uh,
0: doesn't populate like uh
1: Yeah. So that was one of those things. Like I woke up expecting just to work.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even on your radar.
1: And you get this one random email that's like, oh, we're changing our thing. And it sets on this whole string of events. There was one day specifically that I was just pissed. I was just mad about it. I was like, this freaking company yeah. <laughs> just decides to change their stuff. Suddenly gonna make me want to pay, you know, X amount of dollars and I don't want to pay that much. I was just mad.
0: <laughs> Everybody does this. You're so not alone. I mean it's funny, looking from the outside in
1: It's like the dumbest thing.
0: You think other people handle this stuff better, but they don't. Oh. Everybody gets annoyed by this kind of stuff. Yes. It's interesting because I was thinking of like, can this stuff be learned? It's like, can you learn to be an optimist or are you just genetically predisposed to be an optimist? Or, yeah. I'm guessing there's something genetically like you're predisposed at a certain level for one or the other. Yeah. Like you're somewhere on like a continuum
1: either through genetics or through exposure.
0: Or exposure. But I feel like there's also something we have control over too. If we constantly like remind ourselves or practice. Yeah. Maybe it is a practice. Maybe it's in those moments. I mean, God, it sounds tough. Like I think of that thing you just mentioned, that would throw my day off. Oh,
1: completely. You know,
0: off the rails. Yeah. It did. Because then you're just like <laughs> in a frenzy. Yeah.
1: It's almost like just throw your hands up, go get the wine. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but you could also can't you picture it from a distance though and just think to yourself, like, all right. I could handle this. It's not going to throw my day off.
1: Yes. I have handled bigger problems.
0: Yes. I know.
1: But in that moment, in that day, I'm just, I'm mad. And kind of that, like, what's next? Is my website going to go down? Or are some clients going to, like, just decide they don't want to do this anymore? And you know, think I'm just...
0: incompetent because my systems aren't working. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like who's going to get pissed because of this? And like, yeah, none of that happened.
0: So, all right. You just said none of that happens. I got my last (laughs) quote here. I got to read because it goes right into what you were just saying. Okay. Realistic optimism allows us to experience the best until we have to deal with the worst, Mm -hmm. which often never comes. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Like, So it's that idea of like, Why not be optimistic, a realistic optimist, they're saying. So a combination of the two. You're not just pie in the sky, thinking everything's always going to be wonderful without doing anything. You're doing stuff and you expect good outcomes. Right. And you're so experienced like the best in life because you're looking forward to things. You're just looking for success. You think success is coming your way in every avenue until you have to deal with the worst because everybody deals with something bad. So somebody's going to deal with their heater going. That's not the worst, but they deal with bad stuff. Right. But most of the stuff that they're contemplating that's going to go bad, it doesn't happen. No. So why be so prepared as a pessimist for everything bad when 95% of that bad stuff won't even happen the first? Yeah, you're going to have 5%. It's going to suck. And why not just take it as it comes? Like, this sounds so easy.
1: Right. Why allow yourself to have such a drastically negative like fantasy almost mm-hmm. of like all the things that could go wrong. It's like an extremely negative fantasy because none of it's real.
0: It is a fantasy, You're right? It's a, like a projection, like a movie. Yeah. Like a mental movie. Right.
1: Yeah. But we all get there sometimes. I mean, I have definitely been there and then been like stuck there. And then like the second day I'm like, damn, I'm still here. What's wrong? Yeah okay, like I got to shake things up. I can't be in this negative mental space for very long. Right. And yeah, I tend to be more of a positive person. So I really notice it when things do feel negative. But yeah, that's interesting. It's the
0: downside of being like a thinking being, you know, it's like you start to think about all this stuff. Like if you're a dog, you don't. (laughs) Like somebody like, you know, like a dog runs out and a bird like snaps at it and it freaks out and it gets startled. Yes. Two seconds later, it's like that never happens, right? Yeah.
1: They don't even remember.
0: It's like they just move on with their day. They don't remember. <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. and I, I know people, they don't do it that well, but like people that are, lean more toward that.
1: Yeah. They can bounce back.
0: That seems like such a great attribute to have. Yeah. It's almost like they don't remember what happened. Don't you just remember that the market crashed? Yeah. Why are you building a real estate portfolio? Oh, it just happens. <laughs> and that could happen again. <laughs> They don't think that way.
1: No. Well, and even then they'd be like, well, yeah, but they would have different reasoning around that or beyond that.
0: But I really like the idea of realistic optimism. That's where I want. That's the sweet spot, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like just optimism. Definitely not pessimism. (laughs) Pessimism just doesn't do you any good. It just does. It's a miserable (sighs) life. Yeah. Right?
1: Completely. I can't think of a scenario where pessimism would be what you need.
0: Yeah, it's like that Eeyore.
1: Because even if you were in a dangerous spot and you had to think about escape routes and exits and, you know, all of these different things, and you're literally in a bad place trying to get out, that still goes into the realism side because you are problem solving.
0: Yeah. I Think of like Castaway. Imagine being that guy. Like you're just now you're in a plane crash, Atlanta, deserted islands. Yeah. You got nothing.
1: Yeah. The pessimism would have just killed him.
0: You can't be a pessimist and live.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because he wouldn't have even tried to survive.
0: That's a great point. It prevents you from trying because you already think you know the outcome's gonna be bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So what's the point? Right. So that's interesting thinking like along those lines. Yeah. Man. So how do we like practice this stuff? Because again, I think we're just those beings with like the little crackle in the forest could be a lion, but mm-hmm. you know, 99 times out of hundred, it's not, it's nothing. Right. But are you going to walk past that bush without a care in the world? No, we're thinking beings. We think of these worst case scenarios. So knowing that you're going to have another day where three things happen... Yes. A different three things, right? That you can't even predict in a million years right now. But it's coming, right? Right. So is like getting out ahead of it pessimistic? No, that's a realist, right? Because you're being a realist. That could happen. That probably will happen.
1: Well, and then when it does happen for you to be so conscious Mm -hmm. that you're able to say the world's not going to end. The heater will get fixed. The kiddo can like have a snack and take a nap and they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. We could bring ourselves back to this conversation. Say, remember, we were talking about this. Remember?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just
0: like a remembering of.
1: Thinking through what are all those the world is ending thoughts. Yeah. And then look at it and go, is that really going to happen? I know. Probably not. Right. But then I feel like, do you have to be a natural optimist to be able to say probably not Mm. and to believe it?
0: Yeah, that's the catch 22 on this, right? Do you need to be a... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Because I think also like what I was talking in the last episode with Antonio was that for the last nine to 10 years being independent, my income has been like the same. Mm Mm-hmm. It's gone up a little bit. It's gone down a little bit. But for the most part, it's been the same. Coasting. But I've worried every year. It's going to go down. People are going to start leaving. I'm on <laughs> my own. I have no support. I don't have new leads coming in. Right. And then I look back. I'm like, I just spent nine years. I mean, obviously, I'm not like worrying about it every day. But there's this underlying kind of worry Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: that underlying worry, that underlying, I guess, pessimism did mean no good, zero. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, and maybe in some ways it motivated me to make phone calls or be more proactive because I was... But it came from a place of fear, which I don't like that. I'd rather it come from a place of optimism where it's like, I'm looking forward to growing the business or I'm looking forward to keeping the business the same... Size it is right now. Right. But it came from a place of like, I don't want to lose something. And I hate that. Like, that drives me crazy. I don't know if that resonates.
1: And that makes me think two things. On one hand, is there something that you would put in place to kind of make that fearful thought go away and be like, no, like I have a lead generator, like going, you know, it's going to be fine. Right. But then the other thought that struck me is like, That kind of, I don't know if it's a conundrum, but Hmm. once you have something to fear losing, Mm -hmm. that's when that fear comes up. Because if you're, you know, a homeless dude on the corner, (laughs) you're not afraid of losing anything. Right. So if we could just approach life.
0: Like as you were like a young person that had nothing.
1: Yeah. Not afraid to lose anything, but with all the potential gain available to you.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing you. I want to know how to do it. I really do. I'm trying to figure out how it's got to be a practice, right? It's got to be something you could develop. It can't Mm -hmm. just be like an idea that I'm born with or I either have it or don't have it. It has to be something I can develop. I have to believe that is my optimism.
1: To an extent, like even just from a young age, like if that could be taught, Mm -hmm. you know, if your mom could have caught your negative thoughts and said, hey, you know, that's probably not going to happen. But what if this could happen instead? And that would immediately kind of turn you toward optimism a little bit. But how often would that have to be repeated for you to really adapt it for your own use on your own?
0: And can another person give that to you? I don't know. I mean, we all know people that are like just optimistic to a detrimental optimism where they're just... (laughs) They have a million ideas. None of them ever turn out to anything because they think everything is the greatest idea. I have friends like this. Right. Then I have mixtures of the two. Like I have people that are very optimistic in certain areas of their life and completely pessimistic in others. So like some friends that are like more artists that are like very optimistic about the passion for art or music or that or this, mm-hmm. but like a real life shit, like paying bills and like having a mortgage. Mm-hmm. They're pessimistic about all of that. Right. So it's compartmentalized in different things.
1: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Cause that's like at the beginning of the episode, I asked you in what areas do you feel you're optimistic? Yeah. Realistic, pessimistic. So I do think depending on the category, I guess, mm-hmm we will tend to feel differently. Right. You always go kind of back to finances and just think about someone who is not on top of their finances. They're probably going to feel pessimistic about them. Right. Like with anything that has to do with finances, like, oh, I can't afford that. Oh, my bills are always late. oh, this, oh, that. You know, they're just going to have those like more negative Mm. comments. Finances in general, just going to have a negative connotation. Whereas... Maybe the whole rest of their life, they're super optimistic about it because they are confident in those areas.
0: Hmm. Some people have just felt like it's off their radar. like they don't even think about money or they don't think about finances, but they're responsible enough that you know maybe they're not doing terrific, but they're not doing bad, they're not in debt. Mm-hmm. but they just they don't want to think about that stuff and it's not on their radar. I kind of envy those people. I'm like, man, will you spend all your day like not thinking about money? <laughs> you spend all your day just like doing like passionate stuff, like
1: yeah, painting and that'd be
0: kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> man, what is that like? I don't know. <laughs> because I get like bits and pieces of like the you know, do music and outdoorsy stuff and like fitness. Like I love all that stuff. It's great, but it's like intermittent. <laughs> Whereas there's some people that literally Like I had a friend of mine that said, he doesn't think about money at all. Like, you know, he's like, sometimes like if I go out to eat, I'll just think about like what I'm spending. But other than that, I'm never really thinking about money. He's like, money goes in. I know exactly what I'm getting paid. I know what's going out. That's it's done. Like he doesn't even, you know what I mean?
1: Wow.
0: You're not like that, right?
1: No, I definitely look at some aspect of our finances almost every day.
0: Every day. Mm -hmm. me too the
1: other day i was messing around in our retirement accounts Uh moving money from cash to an actual like fund good and then business wise you're always like all right like which clients am i going to bill on friday you're just trying to make sure that flow is constant yeah and then periodically through the month you look at your personal checking account your savings
0: uh, credit cards
1: yeah just like hey, did all the bills get paid? Like, is everything automated the way I thought it was? Right. Did any weird charges come through?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Some aspect of that, I look at something probably every day, if not every other day. Yeah. Just checking.
0: Not stressing out over it, but it's something that you're thinking about.
1: Yeah. It could literally be like log in and scroll up and down and be like, meh, okay, cool. Bye.
0: Okay. (laughs) But in the back of your mind, are there like thoughts going through your head of, am I going to retire what do i need or is it like i get more obsessive like about numbers and like huh. all right the 4% rule and 25 times you know your mm-hmm. annual expense like i need to get to that point and yeah. when i get to that point it's just always kind of in the background like this feed in the background that's just kind of always buzzing
1: i did a lot back when i worked corporate and i think mm-hmm. a lot of that was because, kind of, in a way, you're on a fixed income, like you have a salary.
0: Right. You know exactly what you're getting. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so, when it's fixed like that, at least to me, I felt like it was extremely important that we did not overspend and knew exactly what was coming in and coming out, and that a certain percentage was put away pre tax, and, you know, like all of those variables were going through my head all the time. Mm -hmm. I've definitely relaxed over the past few years. And I think some of that is because having my own business, I feel more in control and I've been growing. And so I feel like it's silly to stress over those numbers right now. If all of those numbers are going to look completely different in a year. True. Because I expect the growth. Yeah. Because I'm taking steps to make sure that we continue to grow. So it's like, gotcha. Like I'm not going to freak out if I didn't max out some savings account because next year I'll be able to.
0: Yeah. Well, you're spending your time in an area that's growing the income stream. Yes. Yeah, I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So I guess that's a little bit of both, right? Like some optimism because I fully believe that the growth will continue Mm -hmm. as far as the business and my abilities and my team and all of that. But then a little bit of realism, because to have that growth requires like daily solving problems. Like, Mm. you know, do you need a new copywriter? Do you need another audio editor? Do you need a video guy? Do you need this? Do you need that? Like, do you need CPA? Like what's happening? You know,
0: more moving parts, more to manage.
1: So it's not that I'm just like optimistic. Uh. (laughs) It's literally like step by step, strategic every day. Right. What do I need? What do I need?
0: Keep pushing past the comfort zone. Yeah,
1: almost like I know that I should focus in this one certain area so that I would be able to meet those numbers, like Mm -hmm. you know, the twenty-five times and whatever the number is that I need for my four percent, like all of that. Uh huh. But it will not be useful to me to look at those numbers right now until I have the income to be able to support fueling whatever i decide i need.
0: Right. Totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, i left corporate, made like 0 dollars one year, made like 24,000 the next year.
0: It's progressively grown.
1: So you can't like look at those numbers and expect to have like $2 million to retire off of. Right. If you're only making 24. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like you can't, you're just going to be pissed. You're just going to be stressed out.
0: You're building something from scratch. Yeah. And yeah, it takes time to build something. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I think it's more of like the pattern of thought too. like, some people can think about something once and then put it on the shelf and it's done. It's out of their minds. Mm. Whereas not that I ruminate, but like, I think about things way too often after I've already thought about it mm. and did a thorough examination of something. Yeah. And I do it with the business too. So I do a thorough examination where like, I'm going to call all of my clients Yeah. in the next three months. And then I do that. And then I'm like, yes. well, I got to do more. I'm like, no, you just did the thing you said after you're done <laughs> with doing that you're done for a little while. Yeah, I'm like, no, I got to just keep this weird more I got to do more like I don't know where that feeling comes it's just this it's never enough I think it's just the insecurity thing it is like you're trying to you know fulfill that insecurity by doing more because you feel more productive you feel more successful
1: is it like a comparison thing like oh my friends are busy so I should be busy or income
0: it's definitely not income like I don't share like income with friends I don't know what they make they don't know what I make so I don't know and I don't really care yeah it is more productivity in a time thing because most of my friends have corporate kind of jobs where yeah, it's like nine to five. And so if they're working all day, I'm like, what am I doing all day?
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: That realistic optimism. I was trying to just think of like just ways of like doing it quick. like we talk about this like the turnaround time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, bounce back. Yeah, once you go down, when
0: shit happens, yeah that bounce back period.
1: Like what's your elasticity almost?
0: Right. What's the, maybe like a trigger word that can kind of like snap you back into like a different state. Yeah. But I really like the idea. I've never heard it put this way, like realistic optimism. Cause I always thought there's only two things, pessimism and optimism. I'm like, no, there's something in between and there's this Mm. realistic optimism. And then you experience like really good things in your life. Expect the best, still knowing that bad things are going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, but again, like you said, it's like a conundrum, right? Yeah. If you know the bad thing's gonna happen, then
1: And still look forward like in such a positive way. Like how do you do that?
0: And not constantly think about the bad things, right? Mm-hmm. Just know it. It's in the back of your mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We don't come with <laughs> too many answers here. It's just it's
1: <laughs> just stream of it's thought. It's
0: just a moving <laughs> target.
1: In a way, just now when you were talking, I thought about your buddies kid the skateboarder and then my son and just telling him like you're gonna fall 400 times
0: expect it but don't be scared of it
1: yeah to expect it but then in his mind like don't you think he gets back on thinking well one day this little kickflip thing is gonna work right
0: like the goal of doing the kickflip outweighs the fear of falling
1: yeah in those tough moments when everything seems like it's breaking or piling on, mm. how do we stay in that mindset of one day it's going to work? It's going to be okay. I'm going to solve this. I'm going to.
0: Mm. All right. So let me ask you a question about like your business. So if at some point your business grows, right? Mm-hmm. And let's, I'm just going to throw out ridiculous astronomic numbers, right? we we'll us just say <laughs> you're making half a million a year. You got a hundred moving parts, you got all kinds of assistance, you got things going up, ton of money coming in. Where does your attitude go from growth to like, oh shit, I got to just keep this up so I don't lose anything.
1: Huh.
0: I'm curious, I'm going ask you this question because it's some yeah. not that I make that much or anything like
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's just like, kind of like the retirement question, like, you set a number in your head, are you actually going to be satisfied at that number? And
0: you're not fearful as you're growing because there's not that much to lose. Yeah. When you're making twenty four grand the first year of your business, your fear wasn't like, Yeah, I'm gonna lose all this. Right. Like there's nothing to lose.
1: Your fear is like, Can you pay the electricity bill? <laughs>
0: Right, can I pay for a pizza, right? Or whatever, food, (laughs)
1: yeah. (laughs) How many coins do I have in my pocket for groceries? Yeah.
0: So that's the best point of this, because you're right. And I've said this before, and it just reminded me again, because when you're growing and you have nothing... That's the fear. The fear is that you have nothing and you got to put food on the table or pay for your bills or whatever. Yes. And I always forget that. I always think that like when you're growing, you have no fear. All you're doing is you're just Mm. trucking forward and there's nothing to lose. Mm
2: -hmm. No,
0: the fear changes from never having anything and thinking, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't amount to anything?
1: Right. Like where's the next client coming from? Or That's a shitty
0: fear too. Very scary. I mean, that's not an easier fear than losing something that you've already built. Right. So the fear doesn't go away. It just changes, right?
1: Yeah, it just changes. So like when you're making 24K for a year in your business, and you know, of course, it depends on where people are listening from or whatever. But in the US, that is like you're scraping. Yeah. Like you are not going to make it.
0: No, that's poverty line. Yeah. I mean, with a family, it definitely is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So at that point, your problems are the electricity bill, the groceries, like the bare minimum needs that you require for survival. Handsome mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, as you grow, those problems go away, like you said, but then the problems get bigger. Like, well, now I got to fix the pool. Yeah. Now I got to fix the AC. Now I got to, you know, redo the floor. Those are multi-thousand dollar problems where your problem before was like, The electricity bill.
0: Right. But some people have a mentality (laughs) through all of this that they're optimistic.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: you know what? Like all these words that people use and I've kind of made fun of them over the years, like I'm blessed, I'm grateful. Yes. I got gratitude. I don't know, whatever other words you could think of in that kind of genre of words. Yeah. And people use these words often in my world. All the time. Blessed and grateful. I mean, it's sort of like... It seems so hokey to me, but that's how they get by. Mm-hmm. If you can really think that, if you could really think that, wow, mm-hmm. maybe I don't believe in God, but this world or whatever, this universe is looking out for me
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's got my back and I'm really happy with the things I have. And mm-hmm. and I always like, I hear it and it just, for whatever reason, it rubs me the wrong way because it seems...
1: Because it seems preachy sometimes.
0: Yeah, like contrived and sort of like just.
1: Yeah, like I'm so blessed, you know, it's like, did you go to church today or something like. (laughs) Right. It just feels like that religious connotation, like so preachy, but. It does. I get the concept because.
0: Fortunate too. I'm so fortunate.
1: Right. We're all fortunate in a certain way. I guess so. Like
0: we live in a free country. We live in the U.S. We could have been born in Afghanistan, right? Right. It could have been a tougher life. We didn't choose where we were born, right?
1: So to go back to your question, there was... I've kind of been on that growth path, like you said. Yes. And just hustling. Every day is like, get this work done. Check off this list. Who can you bill? Who's your next call? Are you going to get that client? Yeah. Go, go, go
0: doing lots of different things. And
1: then it was like two weeks ago and just this ping all of a sudden kind of hit me. And I can't even describe it, but it was the first time that I had felt that fear almost of mm. what if everything stopped working? Right. And it was like a completely irrational fear. And I dismissed it very quickly. I was able to say like that's kind of bullshit. Like,
0: <laughs> like, well, like what if like China sent some like electrical charge that downed all computer systems? I
1: don't know, it didn't...
0: I don't know either. It wasn't rational.
1: Yeah. It wasn't even like that complicated of a thought. It was just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. It just, everything just stops working.
1: Yeah. It was just like, what if like multiple podcasters said like, you know, I'm tired. Yeah. You know, like what I do, what happens?
0: Yeah, because you live in a virtual world a lot of the time. Yes. I mean, obviously, we're talking here. So it's through our computer. Yeah. And it's like we've never met in person.
1: Right. Well, in most of my podcasters, I've only met and talked to a couple of times like on Zoom and we make our agreement and all right, you're going to record, you're going to send me your recording, I'm going to take care of the rest. And it just goes.
0: And then so everything else is like email, right? And just maybe a
1: phone call. So like, what if they didn't email me? What if they didn't send me a recording? What if the people that I write for real estate for didn't send me their topic this week? What would I do?
0: I relate so much because like, that's (laughs) the world I've lived in for nine years because all my clients are in different states. Yeah. I've met maybe 3% of my clients face-to-face. Yeah. So it's like, it's all through email and a telephone. I'm like, what if they just stop returning my calls? Or Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, they can move their accounts at any time. Mm -hmm. They have no...
1: Obligation. They're not
0: married to me in any way. No obligation, no allegiance to me for any reason. Yeah. I mean, I just hope that they like me. I hope they like what I'm doing for them. Right. How thin is that? Is that like a really thin...
1: Yeah. So
0: I told you, you saying that made me just... Exactly relates.
1: Well, and there's like, you can put certain practices in place to make sure that you're communicating often and make sure that they're happy and have like... Right. Open lines of communication. Hey, give me your feedback. Like whatever. You can do all of these different things in your online business.
0: No guarantees. But yeah,
1: it was just... A ping. Yeah. I like that. So quick.
0: Should you you feel like in your chest or something? Yes.
1: It was just this quick... Almost like if you'd seen a spider or something, mm-hmm. just a quick jolt. And I immediately was like, okay, stop.
0: <laughs> like a millisecond of panic kind of thing, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I know the feeling.
1: And I think that's because I've finally reached a point where I feel like I've really got something. I've thought that all along. That's why I've like been here and pursued this. But sure. It's gotten to the point where it's proven itself beyond just me thinking so.
0: Now it's becoming an entity of its own. You're growing something.
1: And now I have like multiple contractors depending on me for their income. Right. And so I feel like super responsible. And I don't know, it just...
0: You're like a legit business owner now.
1: It's getting big. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) <laughs> like now, there's other fear.
0: <laughs> right. All right, man. I'm so glad. This makes me it doesn't make me happy that you're fearful. I'm getting <laughs> wrong. It just makes me happy that like I'm not crazy because I feel right. I should be grateful. I should feel blessed. I should feel all these things. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I don't. I feel fearful. I feel like you said, what if it's all just shuts down?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the weird fear, and it hasn't in nine years. But yeah,
1: it's a completely unreal un backed, like negative fantasy, right?
0: Negative fantasy. Yeah.
1: But if you think about it, like, how would you feel if you were employed and somebody is handing you your paycheck and you're on a fixed salary? Because I remember those days for myself too. And so then the fears were something else.
0: It was. And this is the weird thing. The way my mind works is sometimes I fantasize about being told what to do.
1: Well, yeah, because it's easy.
0: No, but I And then I get out ahead of that. I'm like, you'll do that for a week, like one week. And you'll be like, hell no, never want to do it again. Right. But now that I'm in the world where nobody's telling me what to do, and it's just this open canvas. I'm like, in some ways it was kind of easier just knowing exactly what, you know, I I did all these things for eight hours and I left and I was done with it. Mm -hmm.
1: You're not the fall guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like I, (laughs) I would never really want to go back to that. Right. But it's like, man grass is always greener in some way. Like you're yeah. always like, this is tough, but that was tough too. You forget about the tough stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the other like expectation comparison thing where you start thinking like your old self was happier than maybe your current self, Ooh. you know? And then I think back, I'm like, you weren't happy back then. Like I am mean, always was miserable, but like you were struggling back then.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure you can look back too and say, oh, those certain years were the toughest years of my life. Definitely. I mean, we don't want to go back.
0: (laughs) I mean, I would say literally from 25 to 38 or whatever. Like, Yeah. More than a decade in there that was like a grind. Hard. Yeah.
1: Same thing. I will stop those thoughts so quickly because I'm like, oh, no, no. I remember the struggle. Like, no. Yeah. You're much happier now. Yeah. Everything's much better now. Like, no matter how you stack the cards or weigh the odds or whatever, sure, you still have problems to solve right now, but you have so much more going for you. So then it's like we talked about earlier, like the fears are different. Mm -hmm. And then looking back on that, it's like, there's almost no way that I could justify being a pessimist 10 years ago, because look at what has happened. Mm. My life has gotten better. So why would I stop being an optimist now?
0: Right. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Optimism, realistic optimism or pessimism, like choose, right? Which one do you want? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, and I think if this has shown us anything, it's not just one or the other.
0: It's a continuum. It's
1: both and.
0: Right. They come at different times too, right? Certain parts of your life. Yeah. Both ends.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You have pessimistic moments, you have optimistic moments and you have everything in between. Yeah. I guess it's just being aware and like being reminding yourself in those pessimistic moments that it doesn't need to be that way. And is what you're thinking true? Yes. Has it played out pessimistic in the past? Right. Probably not.
1: Like, how often does the worst case scenario that you dreamed up actually happen? Yeah. Like, never.
0: <laughs> never. <laughs> and again, what's really worst case? If you're the worst case scenario is that I lost my business, you lost your business for whatever reason. Yeah. That's the worst case scenario. We live in America.
1: You'd start a new business. You'd figure it out.
0: You start a new business. You'd just do something else.
1: Definitely.
0: I'll end on this because like my therapist told me something so cool. And I really do remind myself of this because I've been talking to him for years about exactly what I'm talking to you about. Like for 10 years, I've been on my own. I'm afraid of losing everything. And I was telling him like, I'm really considering like selling the business. Mm-hmm. But I'm scared. I
1: remember you said that like a while back. You told me that.
0: Totally. So, and I've been telling him for years and and I told him, but I'm really scared that I'm going to regret it. <sighs> and his response was, which I thought was brilliant. He was like, you know what? You can sell the business and you can regret it and you can still have a good life. <gasps> I was like, oh, I thought like if I sold it and I regretted it, that like my life's over. Right. Now I'm just a pessimist for life because I made the wrong decision. And he just put it in this context of like, you can make the decision and you could not like the decision after you've made it. Right. And you can still have a great life.
1: Well, and it could go the other way. You could choose not to sell the business and regret it and still have a good life.
0: Right. I mean, (laughs) doing nothing could be a regret. It's not always doing something that's a regret. It's doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thanks, Virginia. Wow. Thank you. All right. So follow us at unlearningproject.org and comment and leave us a review if you'd like and send us any suggestions that you want for topics for like future episodes. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: We'll see you next time.